welcome to the podcast. It's the Nolan Podcast from National Oil and Lube News. I'm the editor, Matt Hudson. Well, it's springtime. The weather is warming here in and around our St. Paul offices. I can hear the birds outside and you caught me in a great mood. And I'm here today to talk to you all and update you on the right to repair movement and the legal situation playing out in Massachusetts. It's a topic that seriously affects the entire automotive aftermarket and quick maintenance professionals should be paying attention. So take this journey with me. The basic premise of right to repair is that consumers should have the ability to repair their own property, service it, and not have to rely on exclusive manufacturer parts or service centers to do so. In the automotive world, one of the big parts of right to repair is that vehicle owners should be able to bring their vehicles to whichever service center they choose, and more specifically for our audience, those service centers should have access to the same parts and information that any OEM shop would. That open platform for shop operators is crucial to having the customer choice component as well. Now, right to repair is a very vast topic that encompasses a lot of different areas of vehicle ownership and repair and even other items other than vehicles. But for the sake of this discussion, let me start with just a scenario. Consider the near future, a future in which most of the cars on the road have those internet connectivity features. Uh, They're giving off data about their location, their diagnostics, and many other things. Now, consider what a shop could glean from all that data and how they might use it to their advantage. It could determine the most busy time of day at a certain intersection. It could perhaps also determine how many vehicles at that busy intersection are reaching the end of their oil change interval. If there are a lot of those in one place at one time, a shop might advertise heavily on a digital billboard at that intersection at that time. Now, What if the only shop that was able to access that information was a dealer service center? Would that seem like an unfair advantage? Now, that's a scenario I pulled from a story that I wrote last year about the implications of telematics. Again, when we're talking about telematics, there's a lot to discuss under that topic, but it does intersect with right to repair, and I'll let you know how. In Massachusetts, voters decided that wireless data, or telematics, should be available on an open source platform that all service shops can access, and OEMs are fighting that change. Groups like the Auto Care Association and the Automotive Oil Change Association are on the other side of the issue, working to preserve that right to repair uh, on this wireless data advantage. So today, let me update you on where things stand right after this ad break. We'd like to thank Kendall for their sponsorship of this episode of the Nolan Podcast. To learn more about how Kendall Motor Oil's high mileage booster can deliver the added protection from sludge and rust that vehicles need, please visit KendallHMB.com. That's KendallHMB.com. In November 2020, voters in Massachusetts approved a referendum to expand their right to repair law. If you're a regular reader of Nolan, you've probably read all about it. We had lots of coverage on this topic. Around three-quarters of voters passed that resolution to include wireless data in the diagnostic vehicle data that all shops should be able to access. The referendum updated a 2012 law that was similar but didn't include the wireless data at the time. The general idea is similar to the OBD2 port. Um, That port became a standardized option for aftermarket shops 
to access trouble codes, and uh, they also have options to purchase code readers from a bunch of manufacturers, and those options are there because the, the system is standardized. The fundamental premise is also there for wireless data. The idea in this chapter of Right to Repair is to prevent automakers from keeping the access to wireless data strictly within their dealerships or preferred networks. And it's a crucial moment because this is where it has started. It has passed at the state level. And more and more diagnostic data is going to be accessed in this way as vehicles get newer and newer. Now, this referendum does have some headaches for automakers. Uh, first, Massachusetts is just one state. But if the law requires companies to share uh, or to create a shared platform for this wireless data in that state, it becomes much easier to implement and replicate in other states because that technical groundwork has already been done. Uh, OEMs will play hardball, too. Uh, Subaru announced that it would disable its Starlink wireless diagnostic system in Massachusetts vehicles, even though implementation of the law was delayed for a court case. Kia did the same, too, for its Kia Connect features. And those two OEMs argued that because the new law requires the creation of a standardized telematics platform and because no platform exists yet, there's no way to comply with the law. So they turned off those features. Uh, second concern for automakers is they, they have an interest in securing their onboard computers and wireless information that the vehicles produce. That's the main thrust of the OEM argument. It's cybersecurity, that an open source platform that's accessible to all might end up uh, opening up room for foul play. And so, as most predicted, just weeks after the Massachusetts referendum passed, a coalition of OEMs sued to challenge the new law. And that more or less brings us up to date. Uh, the court case is playing out in a Massachusetts federal court. It is nearing a judge's decision. Last week we got news that uh, they extended the deadline for a decision to mid-April. It has been delayed a couple times. One of the key decisions that a judge will make is whether or not to extend the effective date of the law. Uh, could go out to model year 2025. When the referendum initially passed, the model year was 2022 for implementation, and OEMs are arguing, uh, among other arguments, that this is just impossible to implement on that timetable. One final note is that the Massachusetts case has raised the profile of right-to-repair issues just in general. Multiple states have seen similar bills brought up in legislatures, and federal lawmakers have pitched various right-to-repair laws. None have passed yet, but we did see some related action from the Federal Trade Commission in 2021. The FTC vowed to pay closer attention to unfair advantages that OEMs and dealer service shops have over other independent shops, including violations of the Magnuson-Moss Warranty Act, which says that a vehicle's warranty cannot be voided if proper service is performed at an aftermarket shop with proper parts. You can find news about that FTC action by searching the keywords nixing the fix on the Nolan website. We've done a lot of reporting on this, and of course the Automotive Oil Chains Association has been a big part of the research and advocacy that led to this FTC action. So for now, we do await the decision in Massachusetts, and of course when one comes down, we'll be sure to report that news to you. So stay tuned to our website, our social platforms, and of course the Nolan podcast as we provide updates in the future. But for now, thank you so much for listening. Quick note at the end here, we do have a bit more time for you to nominate your operator of the year. You can find more information about that on our website. We're also taking information from the industry on our annual operator survey. We invite you to go uh, to our website 
Uh, stay tuned for the emails we send out about that and lend your voice to help us uh, quantify some of the trends that we see in this strong automotive aftermarket. Thanks again for listening.